vehicles. But yeah, Chablan, let's leave that for a bit uh, and uh, talk about the AITF tonight uh, in our SMME exchange. What is the AITF? Talk to us about its genesis and how did it come into play? Thank you very much, I think, for inviting us to the show and good evening to your listeners. Um, simply put, the AITF Automotive Industry Transformation Fund mm. is a private and public I think, partnerships entered between the DTIC and the seven OEMs or original equipment manufacturers who have got set up in South Africa who, um, when confronted with the changes in legislation somewhere in 2015, um, decided that we should investigate a model that, uh, since they were not in a position to uh, dilute their equity position in this particular market, uh, decided to apply for what is called the Equity Equivalent Investment Program, to mm. which the hope is that uh, equity is reflected in their own value chain. Mm, mm. And and I guess who are some of these entities that we're talking about? I was speaking about OEMs earlier on, and uh, someone was, you know, saying, "Hey, you might have to explain what these things are." Uh, so, yeah. what are we talking about there? So, um, in the South African context, we've got um, you know vehicle manufacturers, obviously some to which have got an important business. Uh, meaning they are having a license to import cars and just sell them locally. Mm. And we've got those that have got production or manufacturing capability. Inland, we have uh, BMW, Nissan, and Ford. And then in the coastland, you have Toyota, based in KZN, Eastern Cape, Isuzu, VW, and Mercedes-Benz. Those are our members who approached uh, the DTIC uh, in order to be able to apply for this particular program. Okay. And then the beneficiary firms. So I think you've made it quite clear who the members would be of the AITF. To what use is some of this money that they would pull together put to? The intent is to, one, uh, I think, utilize it in line with the South African Automotive Master Plan uh, in the main to try and obviously assist the sector to be competitive. And I think the conversation about competitiveness comes in from the view that uh, the automotive sector, sector is trying to position its well against other competing markets globally. And we've got to look at the business case um, in order to ensure that I think we present a viable case when, when bidding for volume mm. of cars that are produced in the market. So we are hoping through this particular initiative, not only are we changing the face of the sector, but we are also able to somehow... Uh, increase the level of competitiveness from the from the sector by ensuring that we deepen uh, localization by finding locally um, you know uh, owned entities, particularly black owned entities that could be injected and, and 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 offer obviously competitive value, so that we can in cases that works um, do import substitution mm. and, and and be able to to add value in that regard as per the the the, the aspirations of the master plan. And, and what would some of these small players be producing? I mean, what kind of components, what kind of products, what kind of, I assume there'd be services as well. Yeah, so we're looking to touch the entire value chain. I think the intent, because the OEMs obviously have got an upstream business, looking mm. at component manufacturing, um, you know, uh, guide, uh, you know, we've done uh, uh, different entities that focuses on uh, several component manufacturing activities. For example, there's a company called Steel Best, 
that has uh, in the in, in the business of pressing part for uh, one of the OEMs. Uh, but I think the value chain is quite broad because obviously uh, the core is to make cars and also sell cars. So there's um, you know retail and distribution as well. So we've seen some of the transactions going along the lines of um, either auto body repairing or aftermarket uh, activities. Um, and in some of the cases, we've gone as far as seeing side stream activities where we're looking at the, the energy mix. I mean, we're talking about the lights just gone out. Part of improving competitiveness is to also to ensure that you've got black entrepreneurs who can supply alternative energy towards uh, production capabilities so that we can be able to I think, um, assist with competitiveness. As I said. So it, it cuts across the entire uh, venue chain, uh, whether dealerships, uh, mm. whether, um, you know, manufacturing of, of certain components and so on. Yeah. Talk to us about some of the examples, I mean, of, of um, you know, component uh, suppliers, be it Tier 2 or Tier 3, who have gone through the program, received support, uh, and what kind of impact you've been measuring. Is it about you know, how much by way of volumes they've been able to sell to the mm. OEM supply chains, how many have been exporting. I mean, quite interested in that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, so far, um, I mean, in, we are as young as 20 months old in the implementation. So still early days. Still early days, but I can tell you we have um, already, I think, touched about 18 businesses that we've supported. Um, I mean, a majority of them are in the component manufacturing space, um, and then it follows by about 22% in the downstream, as well as uh, side stream being uh, 28%. Mm. Um, you know, the, the typical examples themselves, as I, as I articulated, in some of the cases, we find that companies that have since bought equity in the existing dealer network, in some of the cases, we find that companies that are actually manufacturing, um, you know, uh, vehicles, for example, there is a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, uh, that is, is put together by a black-owned entity called Annex. Mm. They are based in East London, um, you know, and I think they are part of a big, obviously, value chain of making sure that, um, you know, the, the Sprinter is, is put together and installed, obviously, from East London. By the Sprinter, so you, mean, some... you mean those, those taxis, Leicestershire, yeah. in North <laughs> to Postman? Yes. Oh, uh, it's, it's, okay. quite, it's assembled, actually, locally. Mm. Um, and it's done by a, a black-owned entity, actually, in, in, East, uh, in, 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 in East London or Eastern Cape. And, I mean, what's the size of some of these entities? I mean, if you, if you have a contract like that, I'm already thinking you're probably medium-sized. You're not even the small and micro guys. Well, it varies. I think what we have done is to, is to, is to not discriminate against patents. Because, I mean, the aim and, and purpose of this is to ensure that we integrate as best as we can of new entities that have not been part of the value chain. Um, but the sizes ranges. I mean, we've got those that are generic or meaning making over 50 million turnover and those that fall below that, that particular threshold. But in size, if I were to, con- to, to contextualize it, the 18 businesses that we've approved so far have got contracts uh, from these OEMs um, to the tune of about 6.7 billion. But I think it, it, it's got the potential to even get better because we are in the process of um, you know, getting about over 30 something, over 35 uh, uh, multinational entities who are tier one. Because I think the aim of the South African Automotive Master Plan is to deepen localization. The work that's got to take place at tier two and tier three, um, you know, whether we're talking about raw materials or materials or sub assembly components and so on, I think can only be realized once we have um, gotten even further down the tier ones who obviously supply. 
uh, parts to the OEMs themselves. But mm-hmm. I think the footprint in the South African automotive sector is seen as such that we've got a huge presence of multinationals um, uh, who are also tier one. So I think it's important that we get them on board because between the OEMs and them, we can be able to influence work below uh, further revolution so that we can depend the activities there. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that role of influence because I guess in um, you know the type of market relationships you want to encourage here, um, your role is important. Uh, also, I guess there are other incentives because there's a requirement that uh, many of these OEMs are able, where possible, to localize upstream mm. Uh, mm. what fits into their supply chains. Um, but at the end of the day, you're trying to make sure that the component suppliers, the tier two and three players, get as much work as they can. Uh, what are some of the barriers to getting some of that work? Yeah, look, I think in the main, um, and and sometimes either standards, licensing, um, and, and, and knowledge of the sector, and, and particularly I think for black entrepreneurs, most importantly, the timing of pitching uh, when an opportunity becomes available. And that's what we're trying to lift off as barriers. For example, by the time the car is announced to be manufactured in this country, sourcing or strategic um, you know, supplier selection has happened uh, three years before that period. So it's important that uh, we do not only line up for opportunities when there's an announcement of investment. I think it's important that we share as best as possible of what are the sector's nuances so that we are able to get um, you know the entrepreneurs in the market well positioning themselves in terms of what are the demands, what are the standards, what are the things that the OEMs are looking for, so that I think that falls within the pipeline of activities. I think to dispel the notion that um, sometimes we hear um, we cannot find them. So we're trying to also ensure that we use our capacity development activities to create the pipeline so that we can kill all of all of those uh, barriers. Mm, mm. And of course, some of those barriers, I would assume, I mean, require money. Some maybe require convening of different stakeholders to come to the table and uh, might require some time and effort in kind. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you'll be surprised. A lot of people are actually not looking for money. Mm. Um, they're looking for information. They're looking for engagement. They're looking to understand where is the sector developing into and so on. So we, we have, um, I think, turned ourselves to not only look at funding activities, uh, but to position ourselves to, to, to listen carefully to what the entrepreneurs are, are looking for. We recently hosted uh, the Women in Auto, which is, is led by the Women Economic Assembly. Um, what we are simply trying to do is how do we, in that uh, you know, space, try and uh, usher a gateway for women-owned businesses to have access to information into this particular sector mm. and be direct about the activities that we want to do in this particular sector so that uh, it's not incidental. It's something that's planned. It's something that's well thought of um, you know, and, and, and created as such. So I think there is a proactive measure that the AITF takes, obviously, to try and ensure that we lift off as best of barriers as possible. Yeah, yeah. Maybe then, I guess, the, the, the other element that um, many of our listeners might also have an interest in is how, if I'm sitting somewhere, I may be in the leather value chain, I want to make sure, or, you know, I think I could potentially be part of the value chain of one of the OEMs making safety belts, making any other component in the car. How do I access this possibility of being part of the AITF, or is it a closed shop? No, it's not a closed shop. In fact, I think um, we have adjusted the way we work. Initially, um, we relied on, on obtaining opportunities from, from, from our members only. 
Um, but I think in alignment with them, we've agreed that it's also impossible that we are able to listen to um, several ideas and, and, and proposals that are coming from the market. So I think entrepreneurs and, and, and companies can contact us. Obviously, they can go to our website, www.autofund.co.za, uh, where they'll be able to, to find other means of contacting us, and that way we can be able to um, you know, assist them and, 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 and sort of play a facilitator role in connecting them with the right stakeholders uh, where necessary. Mm, mm, mm. And then, uh, you know, for those that are listening in, how do they access yourselves as the AITF? And, uh, you know, what what is some of the support that would effectively onboard them to be in consideration or be contenders potentially for some of the linkages with the OEMs? Yeah, so so I think as as I mentioned to to the respective team that actually looks at planning and investment, uh, because that's where we're looking at concept development, uh, looking at um, information sharing, and 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 also facilitating that they are able to have a contact point um, in in any activities that mm. they may like to present to to any of our members. Yeah, yeah, and maybe is it, is it just for small autos here, or is it just actually effectively for you know, all things in the automotive sector, so even, you know, um, light, heavy vehicles and so on. Yeah, it, it cuts across. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, just to the earlier point I was making, because I'm also quite interested, I mean, the implication, certainly from where you are sitting, this is something you would have thought about. Yeah. What impact are we to anticipate that this transition towards... Um, electric vehicles might have on many of these component suppliers that you're supporting? Because I assume a lot of what we're talking about is about internal combustion vehicles. So in the green paper uh, on automotive and uh, new energy vehicles, a uh, few countries are already setting their timelines of when they want to phase out uh, all of the combustion vehicles. What's that going to mean? I mean, because a big part of the OEMs and what they produce in this country, I think just shy of two thirds, is for the export market. Yeah, look, I think uh, there the, the are two parts conversations to be held. Um, I mean, uh, currently, obviously, um, you know, many different stakeholders obviously continues to uh, have a discussion about how we go forward. I think LACM as well as NAMSA, as well as the OEMs are sitting, I think, um, on a regular basis uh, with, with the, the DTIC in trying to outline what is necessary mm. from a policy framework to, to, to have a direction on this particular shift. Yeah, I guess only time will tell, and uh, we're going to have to watch it quite closely, I guess, how all of that unfolds. But as always, a yeah. pleasure catching up with you, man. And Likewise, my brother. Thank you very Cheers much for you. your time. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that there was uh, the uh, CEO of the um, Automotive Industry Transformation Fund, Chablani Selumani. Hey, did you know that uh, the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, yeah, 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 Le Nord, Yeposman, is actually assembled here in South Africa. I was two days old.